Hope everybody's doing well. I love doing these these podcasts, these impromptu podcasts, off-site, off-location, in undisclosed locations. So I'm in the great outdoors right now and just hoping I don't get, you know, swooped on by any hawks or eagles or anything crazy man i see all these wild animals out here i'm like man i gotta i gotta think twice look left and look right you know what i'm saying but hope everybody's doing well i just wanted to to hit you all on the difference between perception and reality you know in my years working with athletes and me being an athlete myself especially when you start talking about high level athletics where there's a lot at stake there's a lot of jobs that are at stake right for the coaches you know the stakeholders administrators um when you start talking about scholarship opportunities and opportunities to play professionally and even when you start mentioning in the same breath professional sports and the amount of money that's on the line uh, within the uh, professional sports world and what that can afford an organization or what that does in terms of changing the lives of those that are involved, those that compete, perform, coach within those ranks, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's, it really is. And unfortunately, you know, when you start looking at the world uh, as we see it, as we know it, um, through social media and, uh, and other avenues of advertising and, and other forms of media, there are certain things that we have come to accept as norms, right? Uh, a professional athlete should look like this, should have this type of spouse. Their kids should dress like this. They should live in this type of house, drive this type of car, wear these type of shoes, right? We were conditioned to these, these, these norms. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's a perception that those individuals who are not in that world have of these athletes and the crazy part about all of these things is that once this perception um, has been you know internalized it, it it forces those who live in that world to act like that to talk like that to buy and consume and to frequent the clubs, the restaurants, the shops, the galas that people are supposed to be doing in that bubble, whether it's true or not, whether it's realistic or not. It's really weird. It's, 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 it's like, it's like, you know, when we, when we were kids, we had our parents or our teachers or, our, you know, our caregivers read us these fairy tales, Right. Oh, you know, Cinderella and Snow White and, you know what I'm saying, you know, Aesop's fables. You, you heard these fairy tales, right? But, man, I'm telling you, we live in a world where we're living real-life fairy tales, you know, of, of this whole thing with perception. And one of the things that I have found in my time working with athletes, being one myself, coaching athletes, coaching alongside other uh, professionals, and dealing with um, the things that, athletes go through and helping them in such manner is that the biggest thing that they struggle with and it's not what you think it's not confidence it's not perfectionism it's not perseverance if you ask people as i do they'll tell you that like what do you think is the biggest thing that athletes struggle with and they'll start they'll start rattling off this list right oh uh confidence uh perseverance um you know um mindset uh you know, uh, mental toughness, right? 
uh, perfectionism, uh, you know, and they start rattling off these all these things. I'm here to tell you today that the number one thing that I see that athletes struggle with is this thing called perception. How do others view me? How do they view me? How does society view me? Am I accepted by my peers? Am I accepted by the court of public opinion? The court of public opinion has no physical location, but they meet 24-7, 365 to tell you how they feel. Perception is the number one thing that plagues athletes. How do others perceive me? Number one. And when you start getting to the root of it, it's really unhealthy. You know, it's, it's unhealthy, um, you know, at best and at worst, man, it destroys careers. It really does. It destroys livelihoods. It destroys uh, a sense of accomplishment and, and confidence that, um, that we should have just at a basal level. And so what I want to do is I want to just flip that on its head and encourage you that may be listening to this. Like, how do you how do you get over that? How do you deal with that? And before I get into all that, I want to give you a little story. So if you start studying some like ancient history, right, and you start looking at some of the artisans, uh, more specifically, like during the Renaissance period, um, uh, I think even rooted in some of like the Greco-Roman history, uh, you start studying these different artisans, right, goldsmiths, you start looking at painters, sculptors, people who were uh, very uh, savvy uh, uh, in workmanship with all things that had to do with their hands, whether they were, you know, um, sculpting pottery or whether they were uh, creating any type of art. Um, we start looking at this word sincere, right? Sincere. And although there's controversy behind this word, some of the history will point you back to this concept, right? And when you think about somebody who is sincere, you think about somebody who is what? Trustworthy, um, somebody who is uh, very pure, meaningful, um, authentic, right? That's what we think about when we hear the word sincere. People even sign their names. Sincerely, John Smith, right? Sincerely, Jane Doe. Uh, authentically yours, right? That's what another way of saying sincere. It's authentic. It's true. It's pure. But when you start looking at the etymology, the breakdown of the history of that word, the word sin, S-I-N, or sign, means without, right? It means without. And sere, um, means wax. If you look at that word, it means wax. That's what it means, wax. So something that is sincere is without wax. So what do one of these, uh, what some of these um, uh, artisans would do rather, is that they would create these sculptures, right? And they would use whatever they use, you know, whether it was um, brass or uh, whether it was, you know, fill in the blank, you know, copper or they would have these paintings they would create these artifacts and if those artifacts had any type of blemish or if they were cracked or if they were um, if they had some type of irreparable damage to it what some artisans would do is they would mix right they would mix a compound whether it was it had some gold in there, whether it had dirt, whether it had some type of uh, emulsifying agent, and they and with wax, and they would put it 
as a part of, they would work it into that end product, into that end artifact, and they would work it in, smooth it over, and they would try to pass it off as is, right? And the, the, these artifacts would still command the same amount of money. They would be looked at as pure. They would be looked up, upon as without blemish and something that was of high value. And people, people are smart. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't gonna you, you you can fool a couple people some of the time, but you ain't gonna fool all the people all the times. And people started getting a hold of this, and they were like, "Man, they're selling us some old busted, broke, and disgusted, uh, you know, pieces of art, and we're getting we're getting got right now." So that's what that word, the the etymology, the controversial etymology of that word means: sincere, without wax. And if something was authentic, if it was trustworthy, you got it for what it was. We didn't have to put any compounds in there to make it pass, right, as for, you know, as good, as something that is good and authentic. Um, you know, you'll see if you go and buy anything from the NFL shop or the MLB shop, NHL, you, you know, you fill in the blank NBA, what you will see is you will see the stickers. And what does it say? Authentic product. Official product of the NBA, official product of MLB. It's something that has been passed and at the highest level as, hey, this is good. And so, um, you know, when you start looking at um, athletes, um, this concept is huge, especially in the world that we live in now, is we don't have you know wax anymore but you know what we have we have filters right we have photoshop we have photo video editing equipment we got apps we got lighting we got all kinds of things that help us to pass help us to you know look a certain type of way but is it sincere is it sincere um and that is a rhetorical question um, that I ask you today and back to the arc of this conversation that is the biggest thing that athletes struggle with they try to keep up with this perception that is not real that is not them and it eats them alive when they can't fulfill it and so uh, I painted that word picture for you and I, and, I will, and I leave you with something else right anytime something is under pressure the true essence of that thing comes out Every time. When something is under pressure, you find out real quick what is inside. That's why, that's one of the reasons why people love pranks. People love watching other people get pranked. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it sounds funny, but it's true. Why, if you think about it, right, why do you think that we all love watching other people get pranked? Because we get to see what's inside of them and they don't have any reaction time. The person who's getting pranked has zero reaction time. So the response that you get is a what? A sincere response. It's like, oh, snap. Or it's a scream. Or it's somebody trying to fight you. Or it's somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like running the other way at a thousand miles an hour. That's why we love, you know, pranks. When something is under pressure you see what that person, what that thing is made out of. When you squeeze an orange, cherries don't come out, apples don't come out. Anytime you squeeze an orange, 
orange comes out. When you are being squeezed on all sides, when life, when your sport, when your industry is squeezing you and pushing and poking and prodding and has you in this cauldron of pressure, what is going to come out of you? What comes out of you is reality. That's reality. And I am not a, uh, a big proponent, a fan, or neither do I agree with, oh, perception is reality. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That's not, a, that's not a long play for success. It's just not. Perception might be reality right now, but the reality is whatever is on the inside is what's ultimately going to manifest on the outside. So if you're not healthily taking care of yourself right now in terms of how you're treating your body, how you're treating your mind, what your inputs are, you know, the outputs are going to betray you every single time because your inputs determine your outputs. So for those of you who are listening to this, who are struggling with trying to keep up, who are struggling with trying to put up a perception, who are struggling with not feeling like you're good enough. I'm here to tell you that number one, you are good enough. We need your unique self. We need your unique uh, um, lens, your unique take, your unique gifts, talents, and abilities. We don't need, you know, the, uh, once again, I'm outside. If you hear that crazy stuff right there, man, I think there's some wind kicking up. But I'm okay. You're, I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we need you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's okay to be authentically you without wax. You, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, what happens is you are one of one. And when you try to be somebody else, you're robbing not only yourself of the gifts, talents, and abilities that you have, you're robbing us. You're robbing us as well as your teammates, as your coaches, as your family members, as your friends, as your fans, you're robbing us as well. And the more you become yourself, the more you free up others to become themselves. I'm going to say that again. The more that you become yourself, your authentic self, the more you free up others to be theirs. This is some powerful stuff that you ain't going to hear in mainstream media. They're not going to teach this stuff because guess what? Perception sells. Somebody's always got a bigger house than yours. Somebody's always got a bigger ring than yours. Somebody's always got a faster car. You know what I'm saying? A bigger pool, right? A bigger driveway. That's the, that's the way it is. We were ne- we will never be satiated, satisfied, full, content if we are always looking at what everybody else has. You know where the well is? The infinite well is? It's within you. And when you dig deep and you go to that well and you really start to work on you, I'm telling you, it changes everything. And that starts to become your reality. Forget perception. Perception leads, it leads to burnout. And it's, and and not only, this is, you know what the cold part about all this is, ladies and gentlemen? 
is that not only does perception lead to burnout, but there's like there's there's no reward. The reward is in placating and trying to impress people that don't even care about you to begin with. What kind of what kind of waste of time is that? So I'm trying to put up this perception of who I am to try to satisfy people that really could care less about me in the first place, that I'm jealous of probably in the first place, that I want to be, that I want to have what they have in the first place. And they, they're over here laughing because you, you, you don't have what they have, and they're in the same rat race as you, probably hurting inside. We have it all wrong. We have it all wrong. The engineering, um, the, the way that this thing has been constructed, Sometimes we have to step out of this matrix and look at it for what it really is and understand that reality is reality. When you get squeezed, when life squeezes you, what is going to come out of you? And how do you create reality? How do you create something authentic? How do you create something that you can be proud of? It's all about your inputs. It's all about your inputs. What are you saying to yourself? What are you reading? Who are you hanging out with? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What do you ultimately believe? It's think, say, do, right? I always say think, say, do. Whatever you think continually, you're eventually going to say it. And whatever you say, you're eventually going to do it. And this is what you become. So if you want to change your reality, change your inputs. That's how you do it. And be okay with that. And the confidence that comes from that, when you can be vulnerable to live like that and change your inputs, it is life-giving. It is life-giving. Your disposition changes. Your visage changes. The way that you respond to people changes. And people will start to notice it. And when you become yourself, you are going to give others a permission to become their self, themselves. God bless you guys. Hope you have a tremendous week. I don't know if you can hear those birds in the background. But, man, I think they, they're trying to give me a warning. Like, yo, man, you've been here long enough. You need to get up out of here. Because right now I'm outnumbered. I'm outnumbered. I'm over here looking at I'm outnumbered. So, 